Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mid morning with Mike Graham, Talk Radio. Let's ask without further ado, sir. Very good morning to Dan Hodges from the Mail on Sunday. Dan, very good morning to you. Morning to you. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. I see your feud with Julie Hartley Brewer continues on Twitter. Um, basically, you're, st- you're still of the opinion um, that the lockdown uh, has indeed been lifted. You don't think we're in a lockdown anymore. Um, but you did say that June the 21st probably was when everything was going to be lifted. It hasn't been. So what do you say now? Well, on the first point on lockdown, I mean, we're clearly not in lockdown anymore. Um, we can go out and go to restaurants, we can go to the pub, we can go to friends, we can go to family. We all know what it was like three, four months ago. So it, the, the idea we're still in lockdown is, it, it, it's frankly ridiculous. You're right. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I certainly hoped um, that, uh, that on the 21st we could have locked, locked down. As you said, that was, that was identified as a date where it would probably happen. Um, we all know what's happened with the India variant. I, I actually yeah, what has happened though? View, with what has happened with the Indian variant? Well, no, let's, I was going to come, on, that. come on to that. Mm. My own view is there's too much emphasis on the India variant. I think a much bigger part of this and a much bigger problem is actually that there are a small but significant number of people who have been offered the vaccine and simply haven't taken it, mm. and I think that is a big part of the problem we've got. And frankly, I'm not entirely sure what the government can do about that. Now, it's quite clear from looking at Boris um, in his statement yesterday. And obviously, people will debate this. I know people will say, oh, they're just going to keep putting it off forever. It was quite clear to me from Boris's statement. And, and more interestingly, actually, I thought from Chris Whitty and Patrick Vallant, um, that in at a maximum in four weeks time, that will be it. Even Chris Whitty himself, who, as we know, is very hawkish on lockdown and was very instrumental in getting Boris to extend, said at that point, the government will basically have done everything that it can do. And I think that's got to be it. and, And I think we have to be very clear now. This is it. There are four weeks left. You've got four weeks to get vaccinated. But if you don't get vaccinated in that time, then in July, July the 19th, that's it. Right. And I'm but afraid... You, I mean, you and I had this conversation. The last time, in fact, you and I spoke, we talked about the different communities uh, which are up in the north, uh, over, uh, largely uh, made up of ethnic minority communities, people who probably will not still take the vaccine no matter what. So we could p- possibly be in a month's time in exactly the same situation in terms of who hasn't been vaccinated. Well, I think that's a, that, that is obviously a, a, a serious issue, which is why I think I think up until this point... I think that the, the government and others have been trying to use a carrot. I mean, they've been sort of, uh, you know, they've been reaching out, uh, obviously, to the, the, the BME, commu- BME communities, to others who are vaccine sceptics, saying, please, come on, you, please, we, we want you to do this. And I think that I think the tone now has got to change. You know, as you said in your intro, as obviously your, your listeners are saying, we've had enough of this now. We've been through enough of this. The vaccine is our way out. Everybody is being offered access to the vaccine. The government is basically on its knees begging people 
to take the vaccine. Yeah, but they've we've taken this position, haven't they? Programs. We've had outreach programs. We've had mobile vaccination centres. We've had mobile vaccination units. We've had people going door to door. I'm sorry, there are no excuses now. You have to get the vaccine. Well, there are actually. And no, there are excuses if people haven't, because, because it's not a compulsory vaccine. And if people don't want to have it, they don't have to have it. And the idea that government policy is now pivoting on whether or not 100% of the population gets vaccinated is ridiculous. You know, they can deal but with Mike, they, they can deal with 70%. Mike, you, Mike, but Mike, you know, and we all know what the implications are of people who don't get vaccinated. Well, what are those implications? Even if... Even if people don't get vaccinated, if people don't get vaccinated and get hospitalised, yes. even if they don't die themselves, mm. even if they recover, one of the advantages at the moment is we're seeing even people in hospital are, are, are in hospital for shorter periods than early, uh, earlier in the crisis. But even if they don't recover, and we know this, you, you've been one of the, 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 the strongest person people pointing this out, people in, people in hospital are taking up a bed that could be used for somebody with another illness, could be used to treat somebody with cancer, could use somebody with heart disease. Well, they could be, but they're not at the moment, are they? Exactly. And they, but, they, but, we, what, but, but Mike, what can we do? We can't, we, if somebody presents at hospital unable to breathe, we can't just leave them lying in the hospital. No, of course corridor, not. Can we? No, but that's not happening, So that's Dan. the point but I'm it's making not happening. The, No, I know, but my point is, is that, you know, you cannot make government policy based upon, oh, we better not put anybody in a hospital in case somebody else needs a bed. You know, that's kind of, it's, it's party playtime, you know, fantasy politics. You know, hospitals are there to deal with people who are sick. Now, there are many things that everybody could be told to do to avoid being hospitalized right try not to fall off your motorbike try not to fall uh, down a cliff you know try to be careful not to get drunk and, and and bang your head you know but i don't really want to live in a country where that's my instruction for the day from the government to make sure that we don't overwhelm the nhs now i i know in a in a perfect world what you're saying makes perfect sense but we don't live in a perfect world i'm afraid and most of the people um who are going into hospital with uh, covid right now uh, are unvaccinated. I take that point. However, most of them are coming out and they're not stopping anybody else from being treated. There's not that many of them. But, but Mike, I mean, we're not talking about being in a perfect world. We're talking about in the real world. In the real world, if somebody doesn't get vaccinated, then gets COVID and then gets hospitalised, the hospital bed they are lying in is a hospital bed... No, I get that. ...that cannot be used... I get that. Someone You've else. already made that point. So, I understand that. But the point is, is that there are still people who will need to be hospitalised for COVID for many reasons. I mean, some of the people who are still dying have been double vaccinated. Now, tell me that that is somehow uh, blocking another bed for somebody who, who should have it. You know, there's no guarantee in life that if you've been double vaccinated, you will not die from COVID because you might, in fact, have other underlying health problems. But, Mike, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't... <laughs> yes, obviously... Right. There is not 100% guarantee that if you get double vaccinated, you will not end up, end up in hospital. But the vast, vast majority of people who are ending up in hospital are not being double vaccinated. It's plain common sense. The more people well, it, that get well, vaccinated, not, the fewer people will go into hospital. That's, yeah, that's true. But the point is, we don't live in North Korea. Therefore, you can't make people be vaccinated if they don't want to be. So I'm afraid you're just going Mike, to you're just going to have to bite that particular no, Mike, bullet. You're right. We don't live in. Mike, you're right. We don't live in North Korea. No one is suggesting going round forcibly jabbing people. 
But what I, you've what been I'm accused of that in the past on a radio program. <laughs> yeah, you have people have to people have a responsibility to get vaccinated. All right. Yeah. Because if they don't get vaccinated, then they will catch COVID and they will take a yes. they will take a but hospital the numbers, bed Dan, the from numbers someone game. who will get cancer. But the, now, num- but the numbers game shows that there's a very small number now, and that's my point. You know, and we have to accept that there are going to be people who become ill for all sorts of reasons, not necessarily connected to COVID, who end up in hospital. But you can't start arguing about the fact that they should have been more careful and therefore they should have prevented themselves from going to hospital by not doing whatever it was that got them there. Yes, you, yes, you can, Mike. Well, you can you, if you, you if you if you're a, if you're a mad if you, end, of, you know if mad you dictator. Up, no, it's not being a mad dictator. It's been very very simple. We've been in lockdown for eighteen months. We all know the way to get out of the lockdown. I thought we weren't in it via the vaccine. You said we weren't in it anymore. I'm I'm using your argument, Mike. I see. But if we want to agree, we're not in lockdown. Fine. What I'm saying is, are we in tier two then? I, what I'm saying is. If we want this to end, right, Mm. if you think not being able to stand at a bar is lockdown, fine. The way to be able to stand at a bar again, the way to end, what's not normality? I said what we have now currently is not normality. I cannot jump on a plane and go and see my mother in Connecticut, for example. That's not normal. Exactly, exactly. But exactly. if it's because some so bloke in Burnley, is, if it's because some bloke in Burnley hasn't been vaccinated, I'm afraid the government's barking up the wrong tree. But Mike, as I said, if you want to get on the train, if you want an end to all of this, right, all the thing, things you guys think are still locked down, the masks, not being able to stand at a bar, the route out of that, it's very clear. It's for people to get vaccinated. Yes. Now you're absolutely right. We don't live in North Korea. So we can't go around jabbing people. But what we can do, what I can do, what you can do, what those of us have got platforms, is to be very clear. Go out and get the vaccine. Yes. Let's right. stop this. Oh, well, you know, it's my it's it's my right, blah, blah, blah. Well, it blah, is, blah. though. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right, I know it might be a small you... thing to you, Dan, but for most people, having their own rights to make their own decisions about what goes into their body is entirely their right and should never not be. Yes, of course it's their right, Mike, and no one is saying it's not their right. But what I'm saying is, and we, you would, I'm sure, agree with this in lots of other contexts, it's not just, in society, it's not just about rights. It's about a balance of rights it and is. responsibilities. It is, and I think like that, I said, and I, and we're I think... not going to come and, we're not, no, we're not going to come and send hit squads to shove needles in your arms. Well, I'm very glad but to hear you it. you need to take responsibility. Yeah, okay, all right, okay, hold that, just hold that thought for a moment, Dan, because we're just going to stop for a minute. We'll be right back. Dan Hodges is talking to us. It's the Mail on Sunday. He doesn't want to jab anybody forcibly. Not quite, anyway. We'll come back to this very shortly. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. The Daily Mail headline today, PM, curbs could go on and on. We're talking to Dan Hodges from the Mail on Sunday. Dan, you make yourself popular as ever on uh, uh, on Twitter. This one from Janet. I'm sure. Janet says, are we going to stop treatment for smokers, <laughs> the overweight, alcoholics, drug users, people who play sport at the weekends and need hospital treatment, people who drive badly and crash their car? I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you what the last line says, but it describes you as something... Uh, not particularly nice. But anyway, um, she's got a point, hasn't she? I mean, the point about all of this, Dan, is, as you said uh, just before we broke there, um, it's all about a balance. Rights, responsibilities, government policy. And I think the government, if they're saying that they can only make this work and they can only lift restrictions if 100% of the population is vaccinated, 
that's never going to happen. So they're going to have to change that policy. Well, no, I mean, I thought that was an interesting example, though. Um, I mean, you said the lady, my, my, my big Twitter fan was 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 right. Mm. I mean, she's not right. I mean, we don't simply say it's all right to drive your car badly, crash and then end up in hospital. We introduce laws to prevent people from driving their cars badly. Yeah, but they have accidents without they can have right. a, they can have accidents, Dan. But we introduce laws to prevent that, Mike. But you don't prevent don't accidents because more people yeah. die on the roads every year than die of COVID, let's face it. Mike, Mike, come on. This is supposed to be the home of sort of straight torment. It's common sense. It is. That's we why. Don't that's say, why. We don't say, Mike, Mike, we don't say it's all right for you to go out and crash your car and end up in No, I'm not saying that. But we people do you. die in car accidents through no well, fault of their own. But the point, but no point, Mike, come on. We don't say that. We have. We have laws specifically to prevent that. We don't say it's all right to go out and take drugs and end up in hospital. It's all right to we smoke, though, isn't it? It's legal. it's legal to We don't smoke. even, Mike, 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 you may disagree with it. We don't even say it's all right to go out and smoke now. We have laws that prevent you smoking. No, certain, but it's not illegal to smoke, places. though. No, it isn't, Mike. And no one's saying it's illegal not to take the vaccine. But what we do say is don't smoke. But would you we say, to, say well, would clearly, you say, would you don't go, take drugs. would you go we to do say, yeah but, yeah, but hang on, Dan, would you say, and that's working really well, isn't it? Don't take drugs. There are more people taking drugs now than ever. You know, what would you say to somebody smoking a cigarette outside the office? You shouldn't be doing that because you have responsibilities not to take up a bed that might be used for somebody else in a hospital. You wouldn't do that, would you? Well, well, would you? Mike, I mean, I would, would, would I say to people, I don't think you should smoke. Yeah. Yes. Why? I say it to members of my family all the time. Not just because I don't want them to end up in hospital. I don't want them to die of cancer. Right. Now, well, they're being, well, they, well, then view, aren't, they being very, aren't they being terribly irresponsible then? But what? Smoking? Yeah. Yeah, of course they are. But there's a difference. There's a difference between that. I'm not saying they should be arrested. This is the difference, right? No one is saying people should be forcibly jabbed. But what we are saying... You're trying to shame them into it, though. Sorry? You're trying to shame them into it, which is in some ways worse. Uh, well, no, Mike, I'm doing what I thought we, was was a, was a fundamental part of what we're all supposed to do. I'm giving my opinion. No, you are, My yes. opinion... But that, as long as we know that it's your opinion and it's never going to happen. What, uh, 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 though, what's never going to happen? that people are not going to be shamed into getting a vaccine because I don't think we want to live in a country oh, where oh, people sorry. are judging, constantly judging other people and looking at them as if uh, they've done something terribly wrong because they haven't decided oh, to get I'm a sorry. vaccination. No, well, sorry. let me I'm ask you another question, right? Chris Whitty apparently is saying that he now thinks that all children should be vaccinated. Are you going to make your children get vaccinated? Uh, no, I don't. I, I'm not. Why moment. not? I mean, I isn't want, I isn't that irresponsible? Uh, sorry, isn't that irresponsible? If everybody it needs to be vaccinated, for, for children. No, you're no, telling me everybody needs no, to be vaccinated. No, no, Mike. No, Mike. There are there are there are lots of things that I think uh, I'm sure we would all agree. There are lots of things that we think adults should do that we wouldn't say children should do. Yeah, but if but if the government says, I mean, Mike, and if the government, sorry, if, the government sorry, if the government recommends, or Chris Whitty, as the chief medical officer, recommends that this should happen, then you would presumably support it. No, because I think we've seen, as we've seen, and I think we've talked about a lot of times on this programme, 
I think one, I mean, I said this the other day, actually, I think one of the things we've seen throughout this is that the, the people who claim to be the experts have been proven at very numerous stages of this crisis not to be particularly expert. Yes, and, and, and um, still it so, goes on. And, to, you know, to an extent in certain areas, you're right, absolutely, it still goes on. I'm not, I'm not standing here saying saying the experts are, you know, a, a, have had a, an amazing pandemic and been proved to be right, quite quite the opposite. Mm. But, that's a, but that's a separate argument. I mean, I genuinely, I, 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 you know, I find it staggering, absolutely staggering that at this stage of the crisis, we are still sitting here having an argument about whether or not people should get vaccinated. Well, because it's I mean, a personal choice, Dan. It's a personal, it's a personal it's not, it's choice. I would, never, I, would, no, I would never say you should do anything, Dan. It's not for me to tell you what to do. And neither is it for you to tell anybody else what to do. Mike, 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 with great respect, I'm a great, uh, I'm a great and avid listener of your program. Your program. You are literally sitting there saying you never say people should do something. I don't tell them to take a vaccine. No. No, not a vaccine, obviously, and that's why I'm, I'm bemused about that. But you frequently and very powerfully and very forcibly tell people to do things every day on your program. It's why we all love listening. Yeah, to but them. they don't have to do them. You know what I mean? That's the no, and of course they're not. They don't have to do them, <laughs> and they're not going to have to do them because I tell them they should do them okay. either. All right. Well, listen. Uh, sadly, we're out of time. I'm going to leave you with one more question. Final question for you, right? Um, if we're no longer in lockdown, but we still haven't lifted restrictions, presumably the lockdown didn't work. I'm sorry. If we're no longer in lockdown, sorry, I, I... if we're no longer in lockdown, right, as you say. But yet we yeah. still can't lift all the restrictions. Presumably the lockdown didn't work. No, the lockdown did work, which is why we which is why we've seen. But why can't I go to Portugal? Dramatic falling cases. Sorry. Why can't I go to Portugal? But you can't go to you can't go to Portugal because there's a danger of oh, come on. bringing back COVID. Well, we've already got it. Yeah, but we've got it here, though. Cases rise, and then we do have to go back into lockdown. The whole point is we don't want to go back into lockdown, do we? Well, we're still in lockdown. No, you say we're still yeah. in lockdown. We're obviously not Because in we can't do anything that we want to do. So you you can't go to the pub? I you can. You can't go to London? I can't. No, listen to what I said. I can't do anything that I want to do. That doesn't mean I can't do some things that I want to do. It means I can't do whatever no, I, I what want. I think what you mean is you can't... No, Mike, I think what you mean is you can't do everything that you want to do. I can't do that either. Well, you can't, you, you can't do anything you want to do. You can. You can go to the pub. You can go to a restaurant. You can do lots of things you want to do. Listen, we're going to the pub on Friday night. You should come along. We're going to watch England-Scotland. Um, we're going to do a live I'd show from to. there. Do you want to come? I certainly do. Consider yourself invited. We'll carry on then. Brilliant. Dan Hodges, thank you very much indeed. Mail on Sunday commentator, uh, a man uh, who doesn't think we're in lockdown anymore. A man who thinks that actually um, we are in fact free. But we're not, are we? Because you're going to tell me today through uh, the um, means of radio and television that you're not happy. I know you are because I know you're not. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Henry Hill to find out what the temperature is like inside the Parliamentary Conservative Party. Henry, very good morning to you. 
Good morning. Obviously, we've got many uh, Tory MPs, many backbenchers who have been supposedly pressurising the Prime Minister, making sure that he knows that they want lockdown to be lifted. Um, but again, they haven't really had much success this time around. We're waiting now for another four weeks. What's going on within the Conservative Party, as far as you know, in terms of those people from the kind of, you know, the COVID uh, group of MPs who want to uh, who want to see lockdown lifted quicker? Well, yeah, as you say, there is a substantial body of Conservative MPs who are keen for lockdown. They're aware, I think, that, you know, the government is currently riding high because of the vaccinations, which really dug it out of the pit that it had dug itself into over its handling of the pandemic earlier. But the reason, one of the reasons that the, that the vaccinations were boosting the government's rating with the people is precisely because they were supposed to lead to unlocking and freedom. And if that doesn't happen, there's a concern that we will end up with the government back where it was a few months ago. Now, the difficulty they have is that compared to during the EU referendum, when Parliament was extremely divided and therefore a large group of Conservative MPs could wield a huge amount of influence, this time the Labour Party is entirely on board with the government's delay. Kirstama has once again indicated that Labour's going to vote for an extension of, uh, of the coronavirus restrictions. And if you've got most of the Labour Party and, and the front bench of the Conservative Party voting for the same thing, there's not all that much that the, um, the backbench Conservative MPs can do. The comfort they'll take from it, of course, is that Labour, by not taking a different position, will find it harder to attack the government for delaying lockdown if, if ever they were inclined to do so. So the government has a little bit of wriggle room. But yeah, at the moment, it's just there's a the parliamentary majority in favour of delay is, is too big to yeah. do anything about. I mean, the trouble for me, Henry, is that on this lockdown principle that they're seemingly clinging on to, um, they could, as Boris has hinted at, continue to do it forever because there could always be a reason that Sage can come up with, I'm sure, uh, which means that they can't actually lift all the restrictions. And, and it could well be that they nev they're never happy enough to do it. Well, I think this is one of the things they're very worried about. One, one of the government's scientific advisors said on the news, I think the other week, that uh, social distancing and so on might have to continue forever. And that sort of language has got people spooked. And there is concern that the goalposts keep being shifted. You know, originally the idea was that it was a, we were locking down to prevent the NHS being completely overwhelmed. Uh, now, there is, a, there is a case, arguably, that if the Indian variance is as bad as it looks like it might be, that we might end up with substantial pressure on hospital places over the summer. Not necessarily, because obviously, whilst vaccinations do make people far less likely to die, um, if enough people catch coronavirus, then a lot of people will still end up going to hospital. That can have a knock-on effect on people who need other treatments and so on. We already know from lockdown one that people missed out on vital cancer treatments and so on. So there is... A danger, well, they but did, think... but but an awful lot of it, Henry, was 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 shall we say voluntary manoeuvring by the NHS. The NHS made various management decisions to do certain things, which stopped other treatments from going on. It wasn't simply because they couldn't do them; it was because they chose not to. And I think that's where the problem lies. And similarly, all of the modellers have said there should be seven thousand people currently in hospital. There's only one thousand people currently in hospital. And all of the estimates that they've made um, have have so far been very much overestimates. They have. And I think this is, yeah, and you're right, Conservative MPs are worried about this. You can uh, you can sort of understand why the government is cautious, because the absolute last thing anyone wants is to, is to genuinely see um, an, an NHS crisis. But the, the, the problem is that the government is now struggling, I think, to give us a clear indication of what the exit condition for lockdown is supposed to be. Because originally it was supposed to be the vaccines. Now, thanks in part to Boris Johnson refusing to shut the borders, in fact, in very large part, apparently about more than 80% of Indian variant uh, first infections were during that, that mm. window when Bangladesh and Pakistan were on the red list and India mysteriously wasn't. And that was quite um, a long time ago now, wasn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. But this kind of these things take a while to feed through the population, which is why we're, we're now having to deal with it now. And it might end up ruining the summer. But the problem is there are always going to be more more variants. You know, even if Britain ends up fully vaccinated in the next month or two months, which you know we can hope for, um, it, the virus is going to be circulating in the rest of the world. It's going to take years to vaccinate the entire planet. That means there's always a risk of new variants. Yes, meaning we'll but as, as we heard Theresa May saying there, you know, that's the way it's going to be. It's not going to, I don't think anybody with any sense is going to pretend otherwise. I mean, of course, it's still going to be circulated. The point is, when does the government actually get sensible and stop being frightened and stop running behind the curtain every time they see a new variant? Well, I think the danger is, and I wrote about this the other week, is that what you see Boris Johnson doing now is he's sort of salami slicing the restrictions. So whilst we're not going ahead with Freedom Day on June 21st, he is relaxing some of the rules on weddings, for example. So you can have larger weddings. And the, what I'm concerned about is that what this ends up doing is it what well, as the number of activities that end up still caught in the restrictions get narrower and narrower the pressure for a general unlocking will reduce you can already see people yeah you're on twitter i'm sure as much as i am you can already see people going i don't go to nightclubs i don't really go to gigs is this such a big deal is this really a problem hmm. and i think for me and i think this is one of the you know young people's priorities have not been put at first at any point during this pandemic and a lot of the activities that are still shut clubs gigs yeah so on those are young people's activities and right. I'm, I'm genuinely... but it's also not just about the people who take part in the activities henry it's about the people that work in those businesses and the billions and billions of pounds uh, that are, are going into or rather not now going into the exchequer via tax because many people work in the music business in the live stage business in the theater business in the nightclub business you know it's a massive source of employment for people Absolutely. And, you know, it contributes a huge amount to the British economy. And one thing which I've said on your show before, I think, when you had me on to discuss this previously, is that especially when it comes to nightclubs, the choice about nightclubs is not just about whether or not they're open or shut, because bluntly, people are going to go out anyway. You mm. know, last year, the, the Metropolitan Police in July alone shut down about 500 illegal raves in London. Yeah. Now, that's only the ones that they caught. Right. Now, th this year, those producers, those organisers, they're all now the weather's turned they're going to be out again so young people are still going to be going out they're still going to be dancing they're still going to be mixing in close proximity mm. the question for the government is do you want the profits from that to be going to legitimate nightclubs legitimate businesses that employ people pay taxes contribute yeah. to the economy or do you want it to be going to black market promoters and bluntly organized criminals yeah. who are using illegal raves to um, sell illegal tickets, one, but also to push drugs and so yeah. on. This is the problem. And which, the and which are all entire, entirely unregulated as well. Yeah, precisely. The government has not faced up to this. If, you know, if, if we have another summer where the only parties are illegal parties, then that means that these things risk becoming a permanent or long-standing feature even after the pandemic, because you'll have all of these people who've built, who've bought the equipment, built up the networks, built up the, the, the audience and the market. And you could end up years to come, years down the line, with criminals making huge amounts of money from illegal mm. and underground parties and so on. And why? Because the government shut the clubs for two years in a row because Boris Johnson couldn't shut the borders or work out a vaccine passport scheme. No. Final question for you, Henry. Um, we appear to have done a sort of a slightly, what you might describe in old-fashioned terms, as a backdoor trade deal with Australia. Uh, is that what, is that what do you call it? Why would you call it that? Well, because it doesn't appear to have been done yet, but we've sort of had it announced that there's been a chat uh, that went on in Downing Street um, after the G7, um, and, and they've sort of emerged, you know, butterfly-like out the front door going, well, we've got a trade deal, uh, but nobody really knows what it is, and nobody's really sure if it's actually been written down yet. 
Yeah, no, it's, it seems to be basically an agreement in principle that both yeah. sides would like one. The content of the trade deal is, is hugely controversial because obviously there was a... There was a but that's what I mean, really. You know, you can announce that you've got a trade deal, but without any detail, it's not really a trade deal, is it? Yeah, precisely. I think that's I think the problem and the problem is we don't yet know what the government is going to do about the challenge of, you know, what do you do about Australian beef? Basically, yeah. people like Liz Truss, they're like, let's bring uh, cheap Australian beef in. It'll benefit British consumers. Whereas people like George Eustace are saying, actually, this is going to undermine British farmers. The National Farmers Union is against it. And until the government comes down clearly on one side or the other, mm. you know, cheap beef for people in the supermarkets or protections for farmers, we, we have no idea whether or not this trade deal is going to go it's ahead. A, it's a, we it's, haven't had that answer. I, I, forgive me for saying this, but it's beginning to look as though this is the Boris kind of um, a stamp, isn't it? You know, say you've got a deal and worry about it later. Well, yeah, quite. This is exactly what he did on Northern Ireland. And we're now living with the right. consequences. Yeah, no, it's, it's very much his style. Very much. Henry, good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Henry Hill, assistant editor of Conservative Home. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Time to say a very good morning to Toby Young. How are you doing, Toby? I'm, I'm good, Mike. How are you? Very well indeed. Very well indeed. Interesting conversation with Dan Hodges earlier where he described uh, the fact that we he didn't think were any more in lockdown, uh, to which I said, well, obviously it didn't work then, did it? Because apparently we are not yet free. Yeah, that's a strange thing to say. Um, we clearly are still under a huge number of restrictions. Uh, the restrictions that we understood were going to be lifted on June 21st. The rule of six still applies in restaurants and bars. The limits on outdoor gatherings still apply, unless apparently you're getting married. I think lots of people uh, are rather unexpectedly going to be getting married um, after June 21st, Mike, because it's the only only way they'll be able to have outdoor gatherings of more than 30. Yes. Um, well, I mean, uh, we I mean that, wear... you know, maybe Boris doesn't hold marriage to be particularly um, difficult to do, and therefore he's encouraging that. And then you can just get divorced and get married again next weekend. Maybe. Um, I think, uh, you know, what Boris said essentially yesterday, Mike, was um, that he, he wants us to give him four weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah. Uh, and we've heard that before, haven't we? We have. Um, in, I think it was on March 23rd last year, we were told that uh, we just have to endure these restrictions for three weeks. It would be three weeks to flatten the curve. Mm. In fact, the lockdown wasn't lifted until July. Um, we, we were told um, the reason for locking down in December was to 
save Christmas. Well, Christmas wasn't saved. Um, in the end, um, uh, the uh, restrictions uh, weren't lifted as they were promised around the Christmas period. Um, I think Matt Hancock, in an interview uh, with um, Fraser Nelson and James Forsyth at The Spectator, said that once, once all the vulnerable had been vaccinated, once those most vulnerable to this disease had been vaccinated, we could lift all the restrictions. And he used the phrase, cry freedom. Mm. Well, Mike, I think a better phrase would have been cry wolf, because that's what this government's been doing for the last 15 months. Well, I mean, it was only a couple of weeks ago that they said that people would have to curtail their holidays in Portugal, the only place they could actually go on a green list that was worth going to, um, in order to save June the 21st. I mean, that was the reason. The reason was, well, we need to really safeguard the domestic reopening of the economy. What happened to that? What happened to that? Um, uh, I think all of these things suggest that um, we really can't take the date of July 19th to the bank. No. Um, uh, even Boris yesterday, um, uh, he seemed to speak uh, with um, uh, two faces, um, not altogether unusually. Mm. But on the, uh, One of the faces said this will be a terminus. We're not talking about a nice to have lifting the restrictions on July 19th. That is a stop date. Uh, that will be final. Uh, and then in the next breath said, unless we have mm. a new variant, which is even more dangerous than the Indian variant, sorry, Delta variant, yes. in which case all bets are off. It's like, well, hang on a second. Is it a terminus or is it a, a, a way station? Yeah. Um, he didn't seem to know himself. Well, I'm afraid it's now come down to what's happened to me this morning, which was that they've shut one of the roads around where I live. So when I went out to get a bus for the first time in about two weeks, I found out there wasn't a bus anymore because it's been rerouted. So I don't know whether the terminus uh, analogy is a good one, but let's have a listen and a watch at Bob at uh, Boris because we might as well let him explain in his own words why he's doing this. Nineteenth, um, uh, two thirds of, of of adults aged uh, uh, all adults in the country would have had uh, would have had two doses by the end of um, uh, of uh, so by July by, by July the nineteenth uh, we will have. Uh, all adults. There you go. That's clear as mud, isn't it, Toby? <laughs> now, even by <laughs> Boris's standards, that was poor. I mean, you, here, here's the Prime Minister of um, Great Britain and Northern Ireland, yeah. um, you know, admitting that um, he's not going to be able to keep his promise about unlocking on June 21st, trying to reassure the public uh, that there is very, a very good reason for this and that we only need to postpone the unlocking for four weeks. Mm. Uh, it, it, it was as though he didn't even believe it himself. Right. You know, stumbling over his words, uh, realised that it was just all errant nonsense, couldn't bring himself to even say it because it was so obviously rubbish. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I'm joking about this with you, Mike, but actually it's profoundly depressing. And it's terribly depressing. Really... Listen, I'm, Julia and I today were sort of almost in tears with frustration about this whole situation. I woke up this morning feeling really, really gloomy. Yeah. I really thought that um, June 21st was going to be it. Um, I didn't think Boris could U-turn on that one. And the... That the reasons presented for it were largely incomprehensible. Mm. Um, you know, we're going to be publishing a detailed critique of um, next slide, please, Chris Whitty's presentation mm. um, on lockdown sceptics by a senior former NHS doctor mm. shortly. Um, but uh, one slide that was missing from that presentation, Mike, was the slide showing hospital occupancy, yes. uh, which yes. is completely flat. You know, it may be that um, 
uh, uh, admissions into hospitals, particularly in the northwest, of people with COVID-19 have increased from a very, very low base. Yeah. You know, he rattles off those percentages, but not the raw numbers, because the percentages disguise the fact yeah. that the raw numbers are still tiny. You know, uh, think something like less than 1% of total hospital admissions are people being admitted for COVID-19. Um, uh, but not only that, not, not only did he try and disguise how few people are now being admitted to hospital with COVID-19 by talking about percentages mm. rather than raw numbers, he didn't talk about the length of stay. The people being admitted to hospital with COVID-19, even with the Indian variant, are predominantly uh, under 45 uh, and can fight it off quite quickly. Yeah. Give them a bit of oxygen, keep them in intensive care for a couple of days and then send them home, yeah. which is why occupancy hasn't increased. It's still a flat line. Exactly. Um, it, it, there really is no reason um, not to reopen on the 21st. You know, if the reason is protecting the NHS, the NHS at this particular point doesn't need protecting. No. And incidentally, if he's worried about the NHS being overwhelmed, the excuse that's been trotted out every time uh, they extend a lockdown or impose a lockdown... Why didn't any of the journalists say, well, in that case, Boris, why did you close the Nightingales? Mm. The Nightingales were supposedly built uh, to create some excess capacity in the event of pressure being placed on the NHS. Aren't you ashamed that having built them, you've now closed them because now apparently we're in the midst of another crisis. The NHS is on the brink of being overwhelmed again and we're all going to have to remain under lock and key for another four weeks. Yes. I mean, not one journalist asked him that. I mean, we all know that the Nightingales were a completely meaningless PR stunt, mm. but it would have been good to put him on the spot nevertheless. Well, it would have been, but the, the, I'm afraid the standard of questioning hasn't got any better uh, since they stopped doing these things on a, on a fairly regular and almost daily basis. But let's look at some other figures here, right? Average daily deaths. I'm happy the Telegraph now does this every single day. Average daily deaths from all causes, right? 1,375. Change uh, in uh, daily seven-day uh, average of uh, cases, plus 45.5%, but the number of deaths from COVID, three. So that means three people died from COVID, 1,372 people died of something else. I mean, you know, arrest my case, my lud. It, it's, it's completely absurd. And if you look at the um, excess mortality for this time of year, um, it's below um, the baseline for the last five years. It's been, uh, uh, mortality has been below um, the five-year average, I think, for the past 12 weeks. Um, you know, um, we're much better off than we usually are in terms of people dying. Mm. Um, so there really isn't any uh, good reason for postponing the ending of the lockdown. Do you think we need to engage in some sort of campaign of mass civil disobedience, Mike? Is it becoming increasingly clear mm. that we're not going to be given our freedoms back? Uh, the only way we're going to get them back is if we take them back. Yeah. What about what about a Boston Tea Party style objection in Boston, in Lincolnshire, in which a large group of people uh, uh, hurl their face masks into the local river. Mm. Uh, we call it the Boston Mask Party. <laughs> well, you don't even have to go as far as Boston. Can you not just do it outside the Houses of Parliament and stick well, them all I, the, I, stick, chuck them all the terrace? I think people should just point blank refuse to wear face masks mm. after June 21st. You know, if, 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 you're, if, you, if when you get up, from your table in a restaurant or a pub, you're told to put on your mask. I think you politely say to the mm. waiter, how can the virus tell whether I'm sitting down or standing up? Yes. You know, if they can't answer that question, say, I'm sorry, this rule is so absurd, mm. I'm simply not going to comply with it. But, you know, uh, I go to a lot of places now where that's not even happening anymore and lots of people are not bothering. I think you see it. You are, you are seeing um, uh, 
civil disobedience unfolding naturally um, in a disorganised way, but on a mass scale, I think. And that's only going to increase, so, mm. which is another reason. It's completely pointless to postpone the unlocking. You're just damaging businesses. You're not actually yeah. going to make any difference to the amount of actual mobility uh, in the country. Yeah, because it's a bit like the old arguments we used to have about Brexit and the European Union. You know, When the Remainers were all talking about how terrible it would be uh, if we left, nobody ever said, how bad is it going to be if we stay? You know, how much more... Uh, expansion will the EU get involved in? What we need to ask the questions of the government now are, uh, you know, what have you got planned next? Because I see again in the Telegraph that, you know, Witty thinks it's a great idea to then start giving the vaccine to kids. You know, you've been involved in schooling uh, organisations in the past, Toby. You know, this is an outrage because if we don't stop them at some point, they, the next the next thing will be, OK, now uh, send your kid to school uh, on Monday between the hours of, you know, nine and ten. They'll be getting vaccinated before they put their masks on. Well, they'll, 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 they'll be getting vaccinated between the hours of nine and ten and then they'll have to go home because yeah. the school would have been closed because um, one child um, tested right, positive yeah. using right. the Shonky Innova test, which even the CDC in America has advised people to throw in the bin right. because they're so unreliable. These are the tests we're relying on. Uh, to determine whether school children are infected. And this is the reason that entire year groups are being sent home for weeks at a time. Mm. Still, I got a message recently from someone uh, whose child is at a school in Bristol. Uh, three year groups at that school have just been sent home this week for the entire week because a couple of kids mm. tested positive using the Innova test. The headmaster, headmistress, I think, didn't seem to be aware that, uh, as I just said, the CDC, um, the equivalent of what, PHE in uh, yeah. the United States, um, has just recommended that the Innova tests are so unreliable they should either be returned to the manufacturers, these are the lateral flow tests, yeah. or thrown in the bin. These are the tests that are being used to destroy children's education up and down the country. It's completely absurd. And don't think for a second that in the unlikely event that they do get permission uh, and they make the political decision to vaccinate children, that that will mean that schools won't close anymore. Because after all, 80 percent of people in the country have now got immunity to this disease, mm. whether through vaccination, natural immunity, having got the disease and recovered from the disease or prior immunity. 80 percent that exceeds the herd immunity threshold and still we're talking about restrictions still we're not mm. letting people go to football games we're not letting people have parties um it's 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 you know so don't think for a second that if they vaccinate kids that will mean that kids still aren't sent home i mean it's just ridiculous nothing we do no matter how diligently we comply with the government's advice and enthusiastically inject substances into our arms they still won't let us out of our homes i know incredible i had a call uh, just uh, in the last hour from from a, a listener whose son at 13 has been sent home because somebody in his class has tested positive on one of those tests right he's had got he's been sent home self-isolate but his brother who's 15 uh, is still going to school uh, even though he's in the same house as the kid who has to self-isolate i said well surely if you've got some kind of negative test you can go back to school no that's not allowed he has to stay off school for 10 days. He's going to miss his exams, uh, which are all part of the assessment for year nine and what he's going to do next. It's an absolute nonsense. There's so much nonsense. So many of the rules um, lack any reason or logic. Noel Gallagher made a really good point. He was um, on a train uh, without a mask mm. on. And, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a Captain Mannering or Warden Hodges, let's yeah. say, type. Um, uh, chastised him for not wearing a mask. Um, and, That's um, a good name and for said, Dan, actually, Warden Hodges. <laughs> Warden Hodges. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the other passenger said, the only circumstances in which you're allowed to take your mask off on a train is if you're eating a sandwich. 
And now Gallagher said, oh, what? So the virus comes down the train carriage, does it? Searching for potential targets. <laughs> uh, see someone without a mask, they're fair game. But if they've got a sandwich in their hand, they give them a free pass. I mean, it's just complete. It really is. But, I mean, the thing that staggers me, Toby, is I'm sure it does you, is the, uh, the, the relatively sane people that you think are relatively sane who are eating this stuff up and buying it and going, but, well, you know what the rules are. It's like, well, yeah, I know what the rules are, but the rules are tosh. It's a high status indicator, Mike. That's what it's all about. Mm. Um, saying that you um, support the government's approach to managing the coronavirus crisis, uh, wearing masks in public, not just one or two, but ideally three, <laughs> um, uh, 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 smearing and demonising anyone who dares to challenge the official narrative. It's all a way of signalling that you're a member of the club. You're an educated person. You're following the science. You're not one of these deplorable mm. anti-vaxxers or conspiracy theorists. Yeah. It's all about that. It's about advertising your superior social status. Yes, I think that's absolutely right. And that is clearly what is going on here. Toby, great to talk to you. Thank you very much. We'll continue the fight. And let's keep that Boston idea up our sleeve. It may well happen. Uh, Toby Young, General Secretary of the Free Speech Union. Lockdown sceptics as well. Of course, he's the editor of that. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Donald McLeod up in Scotland. Donald, a very good morning, good afternoon to you. And of course, a happy birthday. Now, now I did say to the guys uh, putting the show together that they might want to get you on a bit earlier than this because you might you might already be over the uh, over the yard arm at this point. But I mean, I'm glad to see you're still you're still vertical at least. You're not horizontal. Yet. <laughs> no, 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 and I won't be until. Uh... Later on this evening, yeah, I'm going for a nice meal at the witchery, so I'm looking forward to that. Very so, nice. Uh, Don't forget to take your yeah. mask. <laughs> and my badge. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. Maybe you get an exemption now that you're that old. <laughs> well, I was hoping so, but I was told it's 65 for a bus pass. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe a wee discount at the witchery might be enough. Yeah, very order. nice. Now, you were telling me that they've got some very weird things going on in Scotland at the moment. They've got the Eurozone opening up in Glasgow where... Um, a certain song has been banned from being played, right? Yeah, yeah, the Proclaimers, uh, 500 Mills is not allowed, and uh, <laughs> Yes, Sir, We Can Boogie is not being allowed, but I don't think there's going to be any boogie uh, the way Scotland played yesterday. And uh, Well, there's no oh, need to worry about... I don't think there's any need to worry about whether the crowd gets excited when they score a goal, because it doesn't look like scoring one. <laughs> oh, there was a belter scored yesterday, wasn't there? I oh, mean, my it, God. I mean, they're taking Spider-Man to catch that one. You know? Well, you know, he was, a bit, he was a bit far off his line, though, wasn't he? I think he was up the up the park trying to look at the big screen, which is at the other end. I don't think he had his contact lenses and he was just trying to get a wee peek at it. Yeah. You know. Oh, it was miserable. Yesterday was awful. It yeah. was just like typical Scotland, wasn't it? Well, this is the trouble. But of course, in England now, because England got a 1-0 win, they're now going to win the whole tournament as far as everybody down here is concerned. Yeah, well, that always happens, doesn't it? Then you'll meet Germany. Yes, well, <laughs> indeed. Well, listen, let's talk about talk us up through what's going on up there because we haven't spoken for a while. And, you know, Boris obviously now not lifting um, the lockdown on Monday next week. So what's Nicola Sturgeon going to do? Because she's always got something up her sleeve that makes it all a bit worse for you. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Jim and Gloom lady, you know, she's got a cauldron getting mixed at the moment. The potions are all coming out. So we're looking at um, well, what was going to be happening. We always suspected that Boris wouldn't deliver on Freedom Day. It was a ridiculous name for that anyway. And, and so the four weeks is sort of tying in what Northern Ireland announced. Um, so the middle of July, uh, I think it's to get the English uh, summer holidays, get everybody ready for that. So no doubt Nicola will uh, say the same thing uh, or, or come up with something probably middle of July 2028, something right. like that. Um, but we're, we are actually hearing disturbing rumours of 10 weeks, you know, because we've always got to go that wee bit better, a wee right. bit more careful than everybody else. I know. And, uh, and the, the, the last, well, it's not funny, actually, because the, the monies are not there. They're already said there's going to be no more nightclub monies uh, for the dark, dingy basements, as Jason Leach calls them. Uh, and the soft play areas up here have been have been called a breeder of uh, a breeder of viruses and the smell of wee-wee. Mm. Uh, that came out of a, a, an SMP AIDS mouth. Uh, That's so, nice. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, how to put people down, you know, when they're really fit at their lowest end, they just seem to stick their tacky boots in. And uh, so we're very worried um, yeah. because there's not enough uh, funding coming through. Uh, we got some more last week, an announcement, but it was only to the end of September. Right. But at the same point, you get that, then you hear them that they're going, Nicola's wanting uh, an extension to the furlough scheme and also putting through these emergency powers, which uh, no scrutiny in the Scottish Parliament, mm. just going to... It's just going to waltz through, which will take us through till next April, next March, March, April. Goodness me. And all you want to do is get back to work, surely. I mean, what's the feeling uh, in, the, in, the, in the country there? Because here, you know, as we saw just now, there's that uh, lockdown um, a protest yesterday turned a little bit nasty. I think people are getting really worked up now about the fact that this has been going on for so long. Um, what's, what are the Scottish people saying? Well, you know the Scots, we're all very very good at uh, moaning and complaining, yeah. but taking to the streets and marching and doing something about it, um, you know, not so good at, not that I agree at, at all. When, you know, I'm a great, 100% well, there's plenty of people marching around might, Glasgow this time yeah. of year, and they want to just march for freedom yeah. instead of anything else. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we march against uh, about religion, against Catholics or something, yeah. or against Protestants, but generally against Catholics. It's, it, it's, it's a bad one, but you know, what you point, what that uh, video showed is it's just disgraceful yeah. you know violence leads uh, is not good and, no. and people are becoming more polarized more divisive really really angry and yeah there's other, another raft of people out there who are very very anxious and yeah. very very worried about coming back out we need to get together mm. the whole nation the whole uk needs to get together and march as one again and i think the politicians are doing a terrible job in pulling people together well, I think they are because they frighten a lot of people. And I mean, you know, you and I, uh, notwithstanding that, because, you know, we're, we're relatively uh, in, in good situations. You know, we've got good families around us. You know, we've got the ability to, to, to carry on. I've been very fortunate in that I can work, you know, but a lot of people haven't. And a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are worried about getting back to normal. They, they still think that they're in danger, despite the fact that they might mm -hmm. be vaccinated. You know, that's the kind of government's narrative. 
Yeah, it's been the government's narrative, and it's actually went through to an awful lot of people that, you know, a pandemic would do that anyway. <laughs> and and it's going to take, uh, under any other normal circumstances, it's going to take months for people to feel, you know, if anybody with slight anxiety or a wee bit anxious, it's going to take them months, a bit of reassurance mm. is required. And we're not giving the reassurance. Our politicians are north and south, east and west, the borders are not doing that. They're not investing in the people as I would say they're not trying to get people to feel uh, good about themselves and, and get out there and and regardless of what business you're in you need it for public transport you need it for education you need it for nightclubs you need it for entertainment you need it for theatre you need it for sport we're not doing it the mm. politicians are not doing that they're just continually peddling this fear that keeps us repressed, that keeps us feeling down. And for those that already are anxious people, anyway, that's a terrible place to be. And mental health illness is just going to go on the, on the up and up. But I really feel for them. Mm. And what about these trials that, that happened? I mean, these, these, the, the club trial they did in, in Liverpool, you know, these parties that they organised. You know, whatever happened about any of that? Because I've never heard anything since. Well, you know, it's through the grapevine, well, it's through quite a good grapevine um, through Live UK and various representatives that are on that body and work with the DCMS. We, you know, we've had 58,000 people were tested, uh, 14, 14 mm. uh, the virus. Uh, and we reckon they had the, they, they were already infected before they went in. That's the, so that, that information, for some reason or other, hasn't went out there yet. It's been repressed. Um, and you, you mentioned Eurozone in Glasgow. There are 6,000 people a day going to that. Right. And the Scottish government, who live in thrall of COVID, uh, said no to a, 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 a being a test event. It was a perfect opportunity for people to be tested mm. and, and get the result and look at the data. Right. We are being starved of the proper data. We've been starved of the proper information statistics. And, and that's one of the reasons why the NTIA, the, um, the, the Nighttime Industries Association, is taking the government, Scottish government to court because they're not providing the right data, the right stats, and they're not giving the right information to justification to keep us locked down. And uh, it's disproportionate. So we're hopefully there'll be a ruling on that made over the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, so you can go. So the eurozone is is you can enter that without having had a test. Then that's correct. But now they've decided. Oh, but we'd like to ask you if you would like to take a test. But here's a test kit. Go and go home after it, and then take a test. What is that? What's the point? <laughs> they've, had, they've had years to organise, months to organise this, and then last minute they said no which I, I was in shock they said no to it. And then they decided to change their mind yet again. Oh, here's a free kit. Absolutely disgraceful. Oh, right? no. I mean, they really do not know what they're doing. I think they're all losing the, the losing their brains if yeah. they had any. But uh, it, it seems to me it's time for the scientists to move aside. Yeah. And people that know how to work get back to work. And people that know how to run things, let them run things. Let them organise things because mm. politicians couldn't run a bath. I'm afraid so. I think they've all found themselves up the creek. Uh, in that, you know which creek I mean, without a paddle. Uh, and now they're just sort of bobbing around and they're no, stuck. Right. Nobody can get them out. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Like, listen, we're all doing that. It's like a bit of a like, of deliverance, isn't it? You know? <laughs> well, let's, hope, let's, hope, let's hope it doesn't end that way. For heaven's sake. Listen, have a great birthday, Donald. See you later. Hopefully, maybe next year we can join ourselves together uh, in person, actually drink, drinking together. Donald McLeod, columnist, promoter, owner of the garage. Look out for his column in the Herald on Friday. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio.